This is the Wealth Ability for CPAs show. Better clients, better practice, better life. Here's Tom Wheelwright. Welcome to the Wealth Ability Show for CPAs, where we're always discovering how to build better clients, a better practice, and a better life. I'm Tom Wheelwright, your host, founder, and CEO of the Wealth Ability Network. So as we run our CPA firm, as we run our, um, our business, one of the toughest things is making decisions. And so is there a way to make decisions or what if there was a way to make decisions that we really had a methodology for making them? We had a system for making decisions. And that's what we're going to discover today. We have two experts in this field, uh, the leadership field in general, but more specifically on uh, making decisions. And this is uh, Doug Lennick and Chuck Wachendorfer. Um, welcome. And uh, uh, the book that they wrote is Don't Wait for Someone Else to Fix It. I love that. And uh, <laughs> if you would, just tell us a little bit, each of you, just tell us a little bit about um, you know, your background, how you came to this, um, writing this book and, and, and this topic. Chuck, why don't you go first? You know, uh, and feel free to chime in, Doug. We, Doug and I have worked together for a long time as you and I were talking, Tom, and you and I and Doug were talking. Uh, but most recently, we have worked at Think to Perform, which is a business and sports performance firm. We work with executives, athletes, business owners to improve decision-making under pressure. So what everybody can know that's listening today is decision-making is a function of three things. It's a function of talent, Talent being things that we're always good at and can never remember learning. Skills are things we develop over our lifetime. And the third part of performance is decision-making. So it's talent plus skills plus decision-making. And decision-making has twice the impact on our performance than talent and skill combined. I'm not saying talent and skill don't matter. They just don't matter as much as decision-making. And unlike our IQ, which we can't improve, we can with practice and focus and effort become better decision-makers. And as any business grows, one of the things that you want to have happen is to push decision-making down into the organization. Otherwise, you become the bottleneck. And so alignment is a big word for us here. Doug uh, authored the alignment model for us that we use in our, in our work with our clients, but it's aligning the decision-making with where the business owner wants to take the business. And so we talk about being clear on vision, like where's the business going? We talk about values, like what is the what does the business stand for? Knowing those two things begins to guide our decision-making. Doug, anything you want to add there? Yeah, well, yeah, you know, one thing, and I love how you said that. And one of the things we would add, what, what uh, Tom, what Chuck was just talking about is individual performance, talent plus skills, plus decision-making. Similar formula for organizational performance is macroeconomic conditions, plus the business model, plus the leadership effect. The multiplier is the leadership effect as it relates to business performance, the company. The multiplier for the individual is decision-making. And, and you multiply, and of course, decision-making of leaders. So now you combine those two and you've got individuals who are performing at an optimal level and you have an organization that is performing at an optimal level. And what we've done is we've identified what we call 80 essentials. 
eight essentials that enhance your leadership impact at work, at home, and anywhere else that needs you. And and one of the things we we've been we have fun with because of our work, uh, we're kind of talking lately about how the seven habits of highly effective people meet the eight essentials, and how they come together, and and really. You used a word which I liked, which is practical. Uh, you talked about practical. And there's something else that you said that I, I really loved early on when you just talked about the show. And you used the word better several times. Better practice. And you ended with better life. And literally, why we wrote this book is we genuinely know that there is no end to better. Right. And, and and one of the concepts here is to help people wherever they are at. If they're great, help them get better. If they're good, help them get great. No, I, and so I, the concept I, is an action book. No, I I, I love that. So um so let's let's kind of get into decisions because I do think yeah. that you know you talk about decisions under pressure, um, and you're talking about athlete a- athletics, and we can all relate to that. We've all watched, you know, pro- professional athletes, especially making you on and off the field. Yeah, it matters all, a lot. College athletes like that, but at the same time, you have we have CPAs who um, just recently came through tax season, and there's high pressure there. Um, or we've got IRS audits coming up by the boatload in the next few years. There's going to be high pressure on decisions on those. And so business owners and, and CPAs in, in particular, they have some pretty, um, we're, we're like the front line. We, we look at ourselves as um, where we've been celebrating the last three years, the frontline healthcare workers. Uh, the reality is, is that the economy would have stalled out without the frontline financial workers, which are the CPAs, mm-hmm. um, the, the, the PPP loans, the tax incentives, right. all of that kind ERC, of stuff. ERC, absolutely. Happened, ERC, all that happened with the CPAs. Yep. So nothing in the world happens without the CPA. So we do have a heavy load, you know, from a decision-making process. And, and I do think that's one of the toughest things to make. I had a, I had a friend, um, he was the CEO of, uh, of, of a company that um, he sold a number of years ago. And um, he, he said, you know, if you can't make a decision, you should get a job. And that's, that's how important, <laughs> that's how important decision-making is. You can't be yeah. a business owner without making a decision. So talk about some of the fundamentals. I know you talk about things like we talk a lot about um, how important uh, uh, personal development is. Yep. Self-awareness is um, in, in terms of leadership. Can you uh, talk about kind of the fundamentals of decision-making? Where do they come from in the first place? Well, I think well, the first thing you have to know and appreciate is anytime uncertainty or ambiguity increases in life, so does our stress level. And we all are used to dealing with a certain level of uncertainty in life. But over the last four or five years, particularly with COVID, that degree of uncertainty has increased dramatically. So with that comes a corresponding increase in our stress level. And stress does not compartmentalize itself. So when I'm stressed at home, it affects me on the job. When I'm stressed on the job, it affects me at home. See, oh, wherever I go, there I, there I am. And when my stress level increases, my ability to think clearly, make good decisions, and manage my behavior drops. And so what, we're, what we teach in the book is how to be aware of What's the level of stress in my life 
And if I recognize that my stress level is high, what can I do about that? Because oftentimes overachievers, high achievers, business owners really are used to helping other people, their clients, their customers, right? But at their own expense. And I can get by with that for a while. But if it goes on for months or even years or it becomes the way I live my life, I'm no good to anybody, including myself. So well, one of the people we... The thing about that that I would just add, add is that the um, the the physical stress. I mean, it's uh, you know, like if we if the three of us says let's do push-ups now till the end of the show, none of us could make it. <laughs> the, the stress would be too much, but emotional stress is subtle, and 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 that's what. Uh, what Chuck's describing, and it adds up over time. So success needs some stress. You you need stress in life. The good stress, they call it eustress, E-U-S-T-R-E-S-S. But then you get to where, and good stress helps us perform, but then it gets to be too much. And Chuck described the too much, and that varies from person to person. And then we move into distress. And when we move into distress, our performance suffers. So what? So of the essentials, if you think of the eight essentials as threads, anybody can pull any thread and it'll make a difference. The thread that we're talking about right now is is the second thread. Know your real self. What what's going on with you really? So you know, and really, we are thinking, we're feeling, we're doing, and we teach people literally in the book. They will actually come away knowing how to practice paying attention to themselves mm -hmm. so that self-awareness becomes a habit. It goes back to decision-making, which Chuck was talking about. From self-awareness, I can make a decision. If I don't have the awareness, it's harder. I'll still do something. Okay. But, so but self-awareness so, is the so foundation. Let me pull you back just a second, Doug. So, so give what would be the first step to self-awareness just the first step freeze what do you mean by that freeze that's the first step we just all froze and now here's what you do during the freeze moment you ask yourself these three questions and we'll ask you right now we'll do it for real all right let's do it yeah when i said freeze these are the three questions what were you thinking emotionally how were you feeling and physically what were you doing and i'll give you a clue on the last one there is no nothing so you can't say i wasn't doing anything so don't say that so first question was what were you thinking when i said freeze at, at that point i was thinking okay what's next okay and emotionally how were you feeling i was like almost like in 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 a in a void situation right so just waiting it's a it was a waiting emotion there's some kind of anticipation some kind of yeah, uh sure. mm -hmm. you know some feeling such as What's that and then, yep yeah and then physically what were you doing I, I i was concentrating yeah were your eyes open closed open okay feet on the floor feet crossed yeah, yeah. no face what was your face doing you know straight at you yeah Yep. So yeah, you had a little bit of a smile on your face. See here, here, here's what's interesting is people are not as aware of themselves as they think. The first 
step we just took in effective decision making is making paying attention to yourself a habit. The way the brain works is habits are formed through practice. Practice makes permanent. Practice doesn't make perfect. And all we're suggesting is it's a great idea to make it a habit to know what you're thinking moment to moment, know how you're feeling. Now, you're not going to always know. But you need to know when to get focused and when not. And, you know, so that's kind of the kind of the kick. I, would you add to that, Chuck? Yeah, and, and the point of the freeze, if I notice I'm stressed, to connect it back to what we were talking earlier, if I notice I'm stressed, then what can I do about that? Because when we get stressed, Tom, the first thing we do is we cut back on sleep. We don't eat as well. We stop exercising. We stop drinking water. And what happens is our ability, our stress capacity decreases over time. So we become more isolated. And if I so if I notice I'm stressed, what can I do about this? So we've worked with several CPA firms over the past few years during tax season. So instead of disconnecting and working harder, what we worked on is staying connected. So every day they had a daily huddle. They brought water and food into the office, right, to help people build their stress capacity. There's nothing we can do about changing tax season. It's always January to April, but there are things that we can do to do a better job of taking care of ourselves. But to Doug's point, it begins with the awareness, playing the freeze, like I notice I'm stressed. So instead of ignoring that, what can I do? And it's as simple as drinking some water, maybe changing how I'm breathing, going for a walk, taking the stairs instead of the elevator. Those are things that help us deal with stress even though we can't change the stressful situation. That's I, I would what, mention, it begins with the freeze, to Doug's point. It, yeah, and, and it ends with what Chuck is talking about, which is the second essential is know your real self. The fifth essential is decide wisely. So what Chuck is talking about is when I, and, and we have what we call the four R's. This is a decision-making process that is designed to help people develop their differentiating competencies, which are emotional and moral, and contribute to decision-making. The first R we started, that's called recognize. The first part of recognize is the freeze game, self-recognition. The second part of recognize is recognize others. That's called empathy. Now, I was a, an accounting student. I finished a quarter short of a degree in accounting. I was supposed to intern with Arthur Anderson. I think many of you know what ultimately uh, happened with Arthur Anderson. Uh, so I did not make it all the way to where you guys are, but I do know it is stressful. <laughs> so, and this, this opportunity to empathize, which is I can understand where you are coming from. That's what empathy means. And then the third thing is recognize what's stimulating everything. Well, we're in tax season. This happens every year. I'm, I, you know, every year we deal with this. So that's the stimuli. Second R is to reflect, and that's what Chuck's talking about. Now, now that we know we're stressed, maybe we better kind of start reflecting on the big picture, our values, things that really matter. 
Third R is reframe. Might have to change my thinking. Make and a I different option, have, and then my different choices. Yeah, yeah, I might need to get up and go for a walk. And instead of, and that's why Stephen Covey says the seventh habit is sharpen the saw. You know, a lot of people who have a dull saw think the trick is to saw harder. When in fact, the highly effective person says, what if I sharpened my saw? So he takes the saw out, sharpens it, brings it back, and he goes through the wood more quickly. That's what we're talking about here. And what you were talking about, Tom, is personal development. You know, each of our listeners, each of the accountants, and I really, by the way, my dad wanted me to be an accountant, and I'm so... And I do a lot of work with accountants, so I love you guys. Uh, but, the, but the reality is we, you personally can, in fact, have a, a, a better experience with stress than you might have been having. And you can actually turn what is unproductive stress into good stress. And you can do that through increasing capacity, which is what Chuck was talking about. We can't create more hours in the week. And our so, friends, you know, we can create capacity. So so let me ask you this question because this is what this is what people are thinking right now as they're listening to this is all right, I'm already working X number of hours a week. Right. I'm already I, I've got pressures from my clients. I've got pressures here. I've got pressures there. And you're saying step back and take time to do something else. So yes. tell, tell our listeners, all right, how do you convince yourself? Because that's what you have to do. How do you convince yourself that, wait a minute, it is more productive for me to follow these four R's to actually step back and sharpen our saw than it is to continue doing what we're doing. Well, you know, you said something that's really important. You used the word follow. And you said, how do I convince myself? And the answer is, um, what I might want to do is recognize that, yes, I am a leader. I might also recognize, yes, I am a follower. And this might be an opportunity for me to find someone who is trustworthy who advises me to do what we just suggested. And we don't have to believe it. We have to believe them. It's our turn to follow. We need a leader that says, hey, try this. And what will happen after several days is they're going to go, hey, you know, I'm starting to feel better. I'm starting to perform better. My spouse likes me even more, you know, when I get home. You know, we've all come home from a difficult day the way we joke about it. But, you know, think about it. We come home from a difficult day. I'm driving home. I've had a difficult day. I'm thinking to myself, you know, I've had a difficult day. I don't care what kind of day these people in my house have had. It is going to get worse. If they've had a bad day, I'll make it worse. If they've had a good day, I'll make it bad. And then we step in and do something stupid and regretful. That's a poor decision. And that's made because we didn't have the awareness that we were about to do that. We would never do that intentionally to our family, but we do it. And that's because 
we made a poor real-time decision. Chuck was the one who actually in our leadership logic chain added decision-making, which was the brilliant ad. We, we say effective leadership of others is a function of effective management of self, which is a function of effective decision-making, which is a function of self-awareness. And I had the other three, but I didn't have the decision-making. Chuck came up with that, was a brilliant ad, and it changed our game. What we're talking about, Tom, does not take a lot of time. But it does, as Doug is suggesting, take me to practice. It does involve me stepping back even for a minute or two to say, how am I doing? What, what am I feeling here? What am I thinking? And it's the definition of insanity. If I expect my life to change or my business to change and I keep doing the same thing, who's the crazy one? But we've all established patterns, right? Well, you and I and Doug were talking about this transition from you know, entrepreneur or business owner to the CEO of your firm. If you're any good as a CPA, a doctor, a lawyer, a plumber, a baker, if you're any good at those things, next thing you know, your business has grown. you got a team around you. And your skill set to grow that business is less on your function as a CPA and more exactly. on your role as a leader and a people developer. Exactly. And so what, what I have to be able to do is step back and go, you know, the pattern I use to develop and start the business is not the same necessarily the patterns of behavior that I need as a leader of a firm of maybe 20, 30, 50, or 100 people. You know, I worked with, we worked with a uh, CEO of a, a guy who founded a company that makes bacon. The company's called Tenderbelly. They have bacon in Whole Foods and Costco. Fantastic bacon. He I love the, bacon. He started, I know you do. He started <laughs> the company out of the back of his car and he sold half his company to a private equity firm. And he's used to working with five, six, seven people. Now he's got 150 people. And so that his job was different, how he spent his time. And if he was not doing a job, do a good job of taking care of himself, not only was he driving himself into the ground, but he was setting a poor example for everybody else. So that's back to the leader and follower point that Doug was making is my behavior not only affects me, but influences everybody else in my firm. And so if they see me unhappy, stressed, miserable, but yet working all the time, who wants my job then? Who who wants to be that guy? And and so we have to be careful about taking care of ourselves as well as the example that we set for other people. One of the people we interviewed for the book is a guy named Eric Larson. He's a polar explorer. He's been to the South Pole several times. He and his partner, Ryan Waters, skied 480 miles to the North Pole. They drug 300-pound sleds across the Arctic ice to reach the North Pole. And his number one mantra for any expedition he's ever been on is you have to take care of yourself. Because if you don't, you're a risk to yourself, but to everybody else in the party. Now, when it's 60 degrees below zero and you're skiing across the Arctic ice to the North Pole, you can see why, why that's so important. But when it's tax season, it's not life or death. But the principle and the point is the same. If I don't take care of myself, I'm no good to anybody else. So one of the things you talk about is um, as part of, you know, knowing yourself is, uh, is your values and actually making decisions, uh, value-based decisions and not giving up on your values, um, even, even in tough situations. Uh, I'm a huge believer 
uh, the, the values are really the foundation of what we're doing. Um, that how, first of all, how do you describe what's your definition of a value? And second of all, how do people determine what their values are? Well, a value is anything that I personally choose to value and care about. So those are my personal choices. We talk about principles and values. Principles I don't get to choose. Principles, and uh, Chuck was talking about the North and the South Pole. The North and the South Pole are where they are. You know, and 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 if we don't know where they are, they're still where they are. So principles exist independent of someone accepting them or not. That's kind of the contribution that Stephen Covey made to the world of leadership, principle-based leadership. Our alignment model parallels that. The first, uh, the first frame is uh, ideal self. And in first essential is aim to be your ideal self. Your ideal self is found in understanding what you value and how you value things and how you respect the principles that are true. The, like integrity is a principle. It doesn't, have, even though it's an accounting thing, it's even just a principle of life, <laughs> you know? So it's, it's a great thing in accounting and I'm glad they got it, but, uh, but it's a life principle. And so if we even don't list it as a value, it's still a principle, it's still there. Right. And so we go through exercises and any one of your listeners right now can go to our website if they want, anytime, go to think to perform it's the word think, the number two, the word perform. Think to perform. We, we help people think to perform.com. And you can do the values exercise for free. It's a card game and you can play it online. A lot of people like playing the card game for real. And we have real card games in, uh, in Spanish and in English. Uh, and we, and it's a, and people, it's a hot tool. Uh, Chuck was last week uh, or was at the speaking at the National EOS conference, and the concept of values-based decision making, what you are talking about, Tom, was was hot on the list. I'll just ask Chuck if you want to add to that. Yeah, the the two drivers of decision making because that's where we started. Tom was the two drivers that that help me make better choices are knowing my values. So most of us, when we somebody says, "Do you have values?" Of course, we have values. What do you, why do you think I don't have values? Do I act like I don't have values? That leads to the second <laughs> question, which is, what are they? Yeah. And that's where it gets fuzzy for most of us. We say things like family or integrity. But if you believe that knowing your values is important, like this is what I stand for. Knowing my values would be really important. And knowing my values actually helps me make better choices because I would align my choices then hypothetically with what I say is important to me. That's moral competence. The second driver of decision-making is emotional competence. That's what we were talking about earlier. So if I can manage myself emotionally by playing the freeze, I notice I'm stressed. I notice I'm getting upset, right? How many of us believe stupid is optional? Stupid is only optional if I catch myself getting upset. I can choose a different response, but it requires me playing the freeze to make stupid optional. And I can align more with my values. So emotional competence and moral competence are the two biggest driver of decision-making. And both, both of those things, we can all get better at the Doug's point. 
Right. And, you know, I like what you just said about stupid. I'll, I'll add to that. So one can, for example, uh, be morally intelligent and make a stupid thing. Sure. And because they have good values, they say, I'm sorry, which is really nice. Somebody who adds emotional competence to the moral competence skips the regretful behavior, doesn't have to say, I'm sorry. But if you like saying you're sorry, you could say, Tom, I was about to say something to you that I would have regretted. And then I was going to say, I'm sorry. I do want you to know I would have been sorry, but I'm just not going to say it. <laughs> I, so I'm going to skip I, it. I, I, and I, that's I, the differentiation, moral and emotional, not cognitive, not technical. Mm -hmm. I, I love that distinction. And uh, I think that's a great place to end, um, get people over to your book and your website. Um, because I, I think those, you know, e emotional and moral, we can kind of focus on that. I think that's a, a huge step in the right direction. Uh, the website is think to the number two perform.com um, where we, uh, we can actually uh, get some tools and the book is don't wait for someone else to fix it. Uh, Doug Lennick, Chuck Wachendorfer, thank you so much for being with us. And remember, everyone, thanks for having us, Tom. You know, when we when we get this type of understanding of who we are and what we actually value, we literally will end up with better clients, a better practice, and a better life. We'll see y'all next time. You've been listening to the Wealth Ability for CPA Show. Better clients, better practice, better life. To learn more, go to wealthability.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.